SQL Down Under is a podcast for professionals working in the SQL Server community. SQL Server is a trademark of Microsoft Corporation. Opinions expressed during the podcast are individual opinions and may not reflect the opinions of SQL Down Under or of Microsoft Corporation. Introducing Show 82 with guest Kamil Nowinski. Today is Kamil Nowinski. Kamil is a group manager and analytics architect at Avenard in the UK and a prolific blogger, speaker, and fellow Microsoft Data Platform MVP. So, welcome, Kamil. Welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, hi, hi, Greg. How are you? Yes, great. Thank you for joining us today. And look, what I get everyone to do first up is uh, just give you a little bit of background on your current role and, uh, yeah, how you come to be in that role. And, how you came to be part of the MVP program too, I suppose. Oh, so many questions at the beginning. Yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my title right now it's a group manager and analytics architect. Uh, um, uh, but I, yeah, I'm I, with Avanat right now. But Avanat has been acquired by, um, uh, sorry, Altius uh, Data has been acquired uh, by Avanat mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning last year. And that's why I'm in Avadat right now. So, yeah, w- what I'm doing, what my, my role mainly is um, to lead uh, my, my team to, to make, uh, make our customer happy and make sure that the quality of, of, of the product that we're delivering is, 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 is very good and exactly what uh, the customer needs. Yeah? And in, in terms of technical um, area, uh, uh, what we are doing is, uh, is mainly data platform. It's, uh, I, I know that this is a very broad topic, uh, but what we are doing, we are working with Microsoft stuff, uh, with Microsoft services, mainly in Azure uh, mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, all the services like um, Azure Data Factory, Azure SQL Data Warehouse, which is right now Azure Synapse, of course, uh, and, uh, and everything around data platform, including, of course, um, SQL uh, Server, uh, Azure Databricks for 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 you know, transforming, uh, transforming data as well, not only in Azure for orchestrating the things mm-hmm. and um, yeah, many, many other things as well, you know, streaming uh, analytics uh, and et cetera. Depends on, on, on the needs, yeah? Depends mm-hmm. on the project that we are working uh, with. Yeah. Um, also, so, you've been heavily involved in the community as well. So, uh, and of course, yeah. mostly came across <laughs> you was in Poland. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living in UK right now and I'm living in UK since 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we moved as a whole family, I, I decided because, you know, I wanted to broaden my experience. I wanted to learn uh, my English a little bit better in, in, in practice, actually, you know, mm. uh, you know. Learning at school and at school class and etc. It's, it's not the same, you know. So no. even if I learn English uh, it, it, in the in the school, I was still I, I felt like ah I'm I'm not pretty good at it. You know, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not very you know quick quicker learning uh, guy who can get uh, everything uh, very quickly, and and I, I was still not happy to do that. So so the decision was to you know to 
to feel that how how you can live in in, in other country and I like UK uh, very much and I like London um, my sister was living and still living here uh, so I I've been in in London a few times before I move I've moved here so I was like yeah why why not to do that yeah and before we we moved um, um, I was working uh, in, in few roles actually in Poland. Uh, I had my own company. I was working as a contractor, as I working as a as a you know full time employer em employee, and that kind of thing. So I had a pretty broad experience uh, working um, with Microsoft uh, um, uh, tools, mainly SQL Server and uh, SSIS uh, and, and 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 similar things um, uh, in Poland. So. You know, so I <clears throat> I decided, okay, it's it's time to move and it's time to 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 taste something new. You know, to to have much more you know experience, maybe see how people mm. working in UK. So so yeah, and 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 my whole community uh, work and engagement started. Uh, yeah, you are right in 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 Poland actually, probably mm. before two thousand fourteen. Because I still remember that in 2014, it was my first uh, uh, speaking experience on Secure Day conference, which is the, the biggest uh, conference in Poland and in that part, part of Europe, uh, to be honest. Uh, so that was <clears throat> before that, in 2012, I was helping to Secure, um, secure mm. Day uh, community to, to help organize as a volunteer and helping the other staff, you know. So, but in 2014, I was like, okay, it's it's time to... To, to taste something new it's get time involved. to yeah, yeah exactly get involved as a speaker this time yeah it, it was it was pretty pretty good experience i still remember yeah <laughs> indeed well yeah so this is uh where i met you in person and so we uh yeah uh of course yeah sequel day for those that uh, aren't aware of it yeah is a large conference that runs in poland that's yeah just all sequel and data and uh uh, Camel was one of the ones organizing along with Damien Widere and uh, Paul Podazinski and so on. And uh, it's just a, a, a great uh, event, actually. We we really had a ball being there. It was good. The, yeah, um... thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is uh, <laughs> no, it was... I still, I still, yeah, the, the, the last year, basically, we had to move uh, from May because normally the um, the conference happens in May, mm. uh, mid of May every year. So, but uh, due to the pandemic situation over the world, we had to move yeah. that. And uh, eventually uh, the event happened, but online, like all the others, mm. uh, you know, events in the world uh, in November. It's on again this year, but virtual again this year. Yeah, yeah, we are so far. We are planning the the event to be to, to happen uh, online as a mm. virtual event uh, again. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, and so listen, the, you know... the this the one of the blog sites you use is SQLPlayer.net, and uh, also where you have some podcast uh, things happening. And so that, but that, and that's player p a l a y e r dot net, not dot com. And so uh, one of the posts that you had there recently was finally summarizing a number of things about deployment of Azure Data Factory. And I thought it's just a, a really interesting topic to uh, mm -hmm. get on this show because I know a, a number of people have struggled with the whole, you know, how, how do I do a good job of deploying Data Factory and so on. And so I, I suppose the first thing just for, those that haven't done much with Data Factory at this point, what are the main tasks that you use it for? 
So, you know, um, at the beginning when people uh, met Azure Data Factory, they, 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 they think that this is like counterpart of SSIS, right? Yeah, like SSIS it's, it's, in the cloud or something, yeah. Yeah, exactly, but it's, 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 it's not fully true. I mean, it's not no. true, yeah, so obviously, yeah, there, there's some way to use Azure Data Factory along with SSIS packages, but mm. it, 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 it was not created for that kind of reason, yeah? So the Azure Data Factory is, yeah, it's a service in the cloud right now, version two we, we're talking about, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so it's 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 actually, you don't have, you, you can only work with by, by the browser with the, with the service. And in that way, you can um, design the whole orchestration, the, the, all the pipelines. So it's it, from 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 that perspective, uh, very similar to the what you have in integration services, mm. but it's uh, but it's totally in the cloud. So the the, the good benefit, the big benefit of that um, is that you have over one probably right now over one hundred uh, different connection to the sources, to the, mm. to the to the destinations. So yes, much many... much richer than what was in integration. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. and it's it's you know mm. it's developing very very fast because you know. Um, you don't have that, you know, blockers in terms of uh, releasing the new version or something. Mm. Like, you, you know, everything in the cloud is much easier to release. You, you can I, I suppose much easier to a, fix. That's an important distinction to make too, is that it's not like integration services where you have a local designer that you download and run. The designer experience is completely cloud-based. Yeah, exactly. So you everything you have to do in using the browser, yeah, you don't have mm. to, uh, to, you can use with Visual Studio, for example, a full Visual Studio or Visual Studio Code. That that doesn't exist. It was exist for for version one, but right now for version two, Microsoft decided that okay, it's it will be only the browser experience. And and right now I haven't heard anything uh, in in the roadmap in the in the plan to do something else. No, probably I think, quite the, quite I, the contrary. I think this year. Sorry. Uh, quite the contrary, I think. I and yeah. the the concern I had initially when it was just like a cloud-based thing is I thought, you know, that usually is a problem with integration with source control and things like that and so on. But the good thing is they they have embedded that right into it. Yeah, you you can you can you can assign your configuration, uh, your the Azure Data Factory instance with uh, Git repository. It might be GitHub or it mm -hmm. might be Git in in um, in Azure DevOps, mm -hmm. and and it works pretty well. Yeah, but people still do not understand the differences. People don't still. You know, as you mentioned, Azure Data Factory is still pretty new, pretty young product, and mm -hmm. and not too much people still have you know experience and and have have opportunity to work with that that's why we should uh, we should think and and talk about it uh, to to spread a word uh, mm -hmm. about the tool about the service how to work and uh, how to start with it yeah so mm -hmm. so yeah you can, you worth, can uh, i suppose worth it. noting as well that all of the objects mm -hmm. that you're building are basically chunks of json uh, and that's what ends up in your source control. Yeah, so you, you are using browser and you are building all the pipelines, data set, link services, and et cetera. But behind the scenes, the whole body of this Azure Data Factory is, is splitted by the files. All the files are in JSON format, as opposed to the XML that you had in SSIS, mm -hmm. integration services, yeah? And yeah. 
I think it's good because you know, if you if you remember, uh, you know, uh, the situation when you had uh, had to compare, for example, the simple change in 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 some SSIS package. Uh, and you, you take a look on the differences in that XML file, what happened behind, behind the scenes, that was crazy. Even if you change one simple, le simple yeah. letter, <laughs> some, some parts of you know, XML code could even go to the other part of the file. And it was basically very hard to, to understand mm. what happened. So Actually, from, the, 20... from the reviewing code was crazy. Yeah, 2012, I thought with integration services, they made it a lot easier because they restructured the XML and so on, so that like all the objects and the properties were in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. So you could at least use a, an XML comparison tool and stuff and see data section where you could just throw away the layout. So at, at least 2012 onwards, but, but even then, yeah, as you say, minor changes. If you said, look, what's different between this version of a package and that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So, so hard to work. And, but prior to 2012, yeah, diabolical. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, my, I think my last, last big project uh, with SSIS was in, in, in Poland when I was working as a contractor. Mm. For for we were doing uh, the big big project for um, for Ministry of Finance at that time, and yeah, it was big SSIS um, uh, project. Not only the SSIS project, but it was the, it was the huge uh, program. Uh, but yeah, I, I still remember my uh, my experience with that, and yeah, mm. it's it's crazy. So right now you have the JSON files, yeah, single mm. single JSON files, yeah, single mm. single JSON per per one object in the Azure Data Factory. So from from the code perspective, from uh, uh, reviewing code, reviewing the changes, and and organizing uh, your pull request, or, or or approving the the changes, it's much easier for for everyone, yeah. Mm. Now, I suppose we should mention that you can sort of pick up an integration services package and run it uh, on an integration runtime uh, inside Data Factory. I, I tend to suggest to customers to not do that. Do you do the same there? Uh, uh... Probably, you know, it depends on your situation, yeah? Mm. Because, you know, always the question is why you do that, yeah? yeah. Uh, you, should, you should always start with, with the question why. Yes, obviously, if you want to build something new from something from scratch, it doesn't uh, SSIS packages, yeah? But if you are forced to migrate some existing SSIS packages and there are not only five of them or 10 of them, which probably would be feasible to just Mm. not migrate, but uh, refactor, re, uh, sorry, recreate, I yeah. should say, yeah, in, 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 in the Azure Data Factory pipelines. So if, if that's not your option, because you have thousands, hundreds, thousands of, of your packages, so maybe mm. it's as a first, you know, step of migration, maybe it's easier yeah. to just migrate what, what you have right now, because you, because it's maybe more important and maybe that's the goal of the whole program or project to migrate, you know, the other stuff like secure server, like mm. some storages, maybe some, uh, you know, alerting, some monitoring stuff, that kind of things, you know, to, to migrate the whole solution actually, and not focusing on the 
uh, SSIS packages and integration stuff uh, at yeah. the moment. Maybe in the future, it will be easier to, when you migrate everything to the cloud, maybe it will be easier to, to, to just starting focusing and, and working and, you know, mm. and, and transforming all those packages to the Azure Data Factory. Mm. But if that's, I that's assume, not, when I, when yeah. I try it, it, it does sort of work. I, I'm sort of torn between whether or not I'd be better off just picking it up and putting it in a, a SQL Server VM or something if, uh, and just running normal integration services if I really, really, really had to, to migrate some of those. I mean, yeah, but as I said, yeah, you, you can yeah, do it. The that's that's the other option. And mm. yeah, it's all the, you know, um, choices has uh, their pros and cons. Yeah, so it depends what you need. Yeah. Sometimes you, if you need to put something extra, yeah, maybe it would be better to choose just mm. uh, the virtual machine. But uh, yeah, from the other oh, side, plus uh, you the other... to manage that VM, yeah? Yeah, plus the other option is that you could then in the middle of a data factory pipeline and do other things in there as well. So, I mean, uh, there's yeah. there's upsides to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So, but like, the like everything is... right now in the clouds, yes, yeah, so you have plenty of options and mm. <laughs> you need to be... Uh, at at least good at everything uh, a little bit, yeah. So to to yeah. understand, especially if you're working as an architect, yeah, you need to know mm. all the things to to know how to connect them to get together, yeah. Yeah. So now we we talked about the fact that the objects you're building and their things like mm -hmm. pipelines, linked services, all these sorts of things are represented as a series of files. Now, in terms of the branches as to where those things end up living and how that integrates with source control. And maybe we should talk about just the, the situation yeah. there. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, when we start talking about the factory, so people not really understand what is the differences. So, but if you, if, you, if, you, if you have a look at this deeper and if you configure that Git integration uh, in Azure Data Factory, you will end up with two I called instances of Azure Data Factory. The one is that your developer instance, which is uh, directly integrated with your Git repository, and this is uh, your. This basically gives you the opportunity to every single time when you click save in your in your instance in your browser, uh, you know, designing the Azure Data Factory objects. Uh, this actually uh, commits the changes to your Git repository, to your files, yeah? Mm. And this is your develop instance on, of Azure Data yeah. Factory. And in the Actually, same time- Actually, worth noting, I suppose you mentioned there the yeah. save button too. Uh, if for no other reason, that's a reason you need to integrate with source control because if, if you don't have integration with source control, there's, there's no save button, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, There's that's only exactly, a publish button and that's painful. Yeah, and that's and that's the second instance, the, the real instance, I like to say, uh, of the Azure Data Factory that you can work with. Yeah, so this is the, the real and the first instance that you have. And if you configure that Git integration, you have the second uh, instance, the developer instance. So the first real instance of Azure Data Factory is the actual service which keep all the objects we which kept all the linked services and uh, and all the other objects, yeah. But mm. automatically, you can see the save button, but instead of that, you have publish button. And the publish button uh, works a little bit differently, yeah. So if you click publish button, that actually uh, do 
two things. The first thing uh, what is doing is uh, publishing all the changes that you make uh, during your, 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 your work, uh, the, the changes that you make uh, pretty recently uh, since la la last action of publish, published to the, to the real instance of Azure Data Factory. And the second step is uh, creating the ADF publish branch for you. And that kind of ADF publish branch is um, should be the source for, for your deployment. Mm. This is the what I called Microsoft approach of deploying Azure Data Factory. Yeah, so, so what they're generating in, in that branch is actually an ARM template. So exactly. Azure Resource Manager template. So it's a template that gets created and it's created in the ADF underscore publish branch in your yes. repository. Exactly, and this is uh, this also confused people, yeah. Because you know, uh, firstly, when you have a look on the on your Git repository where, where all your JSON files sits, uh, you can see the, the normal JSON files and one file per object, as as we mentioned, yeah. Hmm. But whereas if you have a look on the on the ADF publish, which is the the default name for your branch, which right now you can change it and configure that what what would be the your your published branch name. Uh, but anyway. Probably most of the people even didn't know that or even never touched it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that ADF publish, as as you said, uh, it contains a different bunch of files. It's ARM templates files, which basically the files are prepared for publish uh, to the Azure, to the cloud. Yeah. As a, mm. as as a normal part of deployment, like we all know yeah. uh, when you're working with ARM template. But it's it's a, it's a different thing. So it's um, completely different files. I mean, it's obviously based on your files and what you design in Azure Data Factory, but it has been, you know, uh, converted to the, to the ARM template files. Mm. I think also worth noting is that it won't let you publish unless it can be validated as well. And, yes, and, that's and true. If you're trying to do development like that, that, that would be very painful because if you have something that you've half built or you've uh, yeah, that's, you haven't finished that's or you've exactly. got functionality that isn't ready yet, you're just not going to be able to publish it. Exactly. So that, that's why it's much better and easier to work with uh, Git integrated Azure Data Factory when you can you know work with uh, the stuff. And if you feel that you are finished, uh, you should uh, create the, the the pull request. Okay. And mm. also, we, we didn't mention at the beginning that as a normal you know, approach of developing stuff and uh, when working with code repository, uh, especially with Git, um, you should create your own branch at the beginning. Yeah. So you should create your own branch based of uh, on the master of uh, on the master or based on developer, whatever your branch uh, strategy strategy in, in, in company is uh, and and start working on your branch. Mm. So when Once you, you configure, finish, then you can create the pull request and, and merge yeah. it back to, to the original branch. Yeah. So yeah. So when you configure the Git integration, you one of the things you configure is the collaboration branch, they call it. And yeah. that's normally used to be master, but typically now it's main. But yeah, whatever your yeah. default branch is in the yeah. repository. Uh, but then as you say, you might have a feature branch or another branch that you're working on, but it does have the option when you're working on that to then do debugging of the stuff that you're working on. 
Yeah, and that's 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 cause another problem because you know you can maybe you, you need to have you know the the other branches like you said you know a feature branch maybe some hotfix branch and etc etc. But the problem is that uh, um, the ADF publish branch is only one. Mm. Yeah. So whatever you change, whatever you publish, whatever whatever you prepared, everything will be then uh, published to this uh, ADF branch, uh, no matter what what your collaboration yeah, branch is. Yeah, if you do a publish is, from configure. those other branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, so the other it, branches it overwrite is, everything. Yeah, the interface though does give you the option to create a pull request and so on uh, yeah. to be able to do yeah. that. So this is how we get things from the branch we're working on back into the collaboration branch. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. But that's, in, in my opinion, okay, it's, it helps you to, to, to manage the code. Uh, but, you know, uh, from the deployment perspective of our data factory. Hi, this is Greg. Just wanted to thank you for listening to this show and let you know that if you'd like to let me teach you more about SQL Server, we now have both free courses and low-cost courses available online and on demand. The courses include detailed hands-on lab work for you to complete to reinforce your learning, and there are more courses coming in the next few months. You'll find details at training.sqldownunder.com. So I suppose that the thing we could mention there, if you were using, uh, let's say, something like Azure DevOps, you can just create... You, you don't need to do a build because uh, the... ARM templates are the built artifact, basically, yeah. uh, that you're creating normally when you're doing a build. But a deployment or release branch, you can do that, but you're starting with an ARM template. And there is an ARM template deploy, and it looks deceptively simple, but there are hmm. tricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, maybe not plenty, but few of them. Yeah. So mm. at the beginning, very important if you're deploying uh, this stuff from ARM template is just to remember that uh, the mode of deployment, I don't, don't, don't exa exactly remember what is the field for that, but there's a mode, uh, deployment mode must be incremental. Yeah. This is very, <laughs> very important. Inc incremental, incremental or complete. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I still remember my first approach to this, like probably, I don't know, one or two years ago. And I, I recorded a quick video somewhere on, the, on, on my YouTube and mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, uh, it's in one of my posts when I, uh, you know, describe this, uh, um, this approach of, of, of deployment. So when I, when I didn't change it to the incremental, my whole uh, Azure Data Factory just disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> and there was no track in the cloud in the in the in the resource group to to to, to see what happened actually. Actually, yeah. Yeah, so I had, had a changed... client who did one where they deployed a data factory into a resource group, uh, mm -hmm. and of course, it basically what's going to happen if you do complete is it's going to replace the resource group with what's in yeah. the ARM template that you send, and of course. What they did manage to do was remove sixty odd other resources out of the resource. Mm. <laughs> you know, exactly. By, so by doing the deployment, the... yeah, I often think there should be big red flashing lights or something all over oh, the yeah, place. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, because you know, all the people are still learning the things. You know, and it, uh, you can see it, the, how big the risk is uh, with that. You know, yeah, it's you know, even even if people understand that kind of concept. Uh, 
someone who is um, maybe younger administrator or whoever is uh, responsible for, for Azure DevOps or deployment, the stuff, maybe by accident or for some other reason, change that flag and everything will disappear. So this is very dangerous. Oh, and as you say, there are examples online where people do do that and get away with it. And it's because they're deploying into an empty resource group or something. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I suppose it's worth noting too, that's the point at which the customer learned about uh, resource locks as well. Oh. Um, <laughs> and so oh, yeah, I read about it. Now yeah. The items in the resource group. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I I never I, I never faced the issue with that, but yeah, I I, I read about it. That some some people have yeah. had. Oh look, had the, the other one the other one I've struggled with is I've had people put a resource lock on the data factory. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, they they actually put a delete lock on the data factory, and what I've found is I can't update it. Yeah, that's and, possible. Yeah. yeah. And it's because I think what happens under the covers is they delete what's there and put the new content to replace it. And so the problem is if you have a delete lock, you think, oh, that'll just stop them deleting the data factory. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it, yeah, it <laughs> stops you doing an update as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so look, yeah. so if, if you say, well, look, you know, ARM templates are easy and all that, but maybe I want, you know, I'm starting with some nice, neat little JSON files and, so what's the other option there? So the other option, which I prefer, and and, and, and probably uh, another, uh, when you see my post, there's another like 30-something uh, percent of people uh, yep. doing the, <laughs> the option, uh, doing that approach. The second option uh, and the second approach is uh, to deploy everything directly from your JSON files, from, mm-hmm. from, from Azure Data Factory, from the files which sits on your Git repository on yep. the specific branch. I mean, not talking about the ADF publish, but in yeah. normal collaboration branch where you so, have yeah, all so the... So now you're taking the changes yeah. from the collaboration branch to pull them out or... I suppose p- potentially from a feature branch if you really had to, but yeah, yeah if you not need, from the yeah. ADF published branch. So you're picking up JSON files, not picking up ARM templates. Yeah, exactly. And in, in that way, uh, as you mentioned, so you have uh, much uh, more, much better flexibility of uh, how you work with your branching strategy. So you have full, um, full flexibility in here instead of using only one branch, uh, mm. which is ADF published. So you can choose which branch is your source branch, where, where, where your source code sits, and you can build uh, based on that, you can build your deployment pipeline. Yeah. And you, you don't have that kind of sometimes painful uh, with, you know, replacing or, or using parameters with ARM templates, mm. which sometimes might be might be tricky. Uh, yeah, I yeah, suppose so... we should mention that, that there are, it, it does have an interface that has just changed in the last few days uh, where you can actually configure the parameters that apply to the ARM template. So obviously, you know, it'll be things like the name of the data factory, things like that you want to change mm-hmm. as you deploy often. Yeah, so you mean the interface in Azure Data Factory itself? Yes, I got an email a day or so ago saying they just updated the interface to that. So, yeah, I, I, I've seen that few few mm. days ago, probably a week ago, yeah, as well. That you can uh, in, in a little bit different, uh, I mean, easier way probably in yeah. browser you can configure what should be parameterized, but still, you know, the syntax how you need to do that is. Uh, 
it's not pretty obvious. You need yeah. to learn those things. You need to, you know, uh, trial and error. And uh, so it's <laughs> it's not easy, yeah. you know. It, it, the... it is there, but it's not easy. I suppose one of the things that it also means, though, is that now you could build a release pipeline, for example, to test from one of your development branches to push into a development data factory without yeah, having so, to go to the collaboration branch. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, you don't have to. So you can, you can, you can choose the, the, the branch, whatever, uh, whatever you um to the same uh, instance of Azure Data Factory, or more maybe to the new one, and and that's, you know, in 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 my opinion, and, and at the beginning when I started working with the deployment of Azure Data Factory, I was like, it should be pretty easy. It should be like one task, you know. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that uh, using ARM templates is you 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 at least need hmm, two three tasks. And you know, also you need to remember about those, that kind of things, like we mentioned, incremental deployment. Also, you need to uh, stop all the triggers if they exist, uh, because otherwise you you are not able to deploy any trigger. You mm. you just can't replace the trigger when it's uh, enabled. So you need to remember about few different things you need to uh, uh, be a little bit skilled in the powershell because at least you need to understand how to copy and PowerShell script which microsoft publish on their on their site uh, on the documentation mm. how to stop how to restart the triggers yeah. and between those steps how to deploy the things mm. yeah so, so we should actually in my mention, opinion yeah, everything that, should be in one task yeah yeah the triggers are there of course to typically to trigger pipeline executions and things like that at certain times, but you want all of that stopped at the time you actually mm -hmm. do the deployment. Um, but yeah. I, I think another really big thing for me is, well, deploying from the JSON feels more like deploying normal code for anybody who does development. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But the other thing is you get the option to not have to deploy the whole thing too. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's the the biggest um, cons of using uh, ARM template, I think. And uh, so, the, the still Microsoft says that right now it's not possible, and I don't think they they will go to to change it. Uh, but yeah, you are right. But yeah, you are right. So right now, if you are deploying with ARM templates, Microsoft approach. Uh, so it's it's everything or nothing, like in transaction in SQL Server, yeah? Mm. Everything or nothing, yeah? So you, if, either you deploy everything or, or, or just nothing. So you don't have a choice, yeah? So you, you have to deploy the whole um, Azure Data Factory instance, all the objects which you have in your Git repository. So with the second approach, when you're deploying from the JSON uh, files, you can choose actually which, uh, which files you want, to, you want to deploy. And obviously it's up to you, uh, but also you need to take this responsibility um, to make sure that you understand uh, uh, all your uh, the, the whole Azure Data Factory all, and all dependencies between objects, because this is very important. You know, you need to deploy object E because you deploy other object B, let's say, uh, which depends on the E. A. So uh, you, you need to understand how all these objects are dependent, how all those objects are related to, to each other, yeah? Uh, 
if you want to and if you decide to um, do the selective deployment but hey it's mm. it's it's normal it should be possible yeah it's 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 yeah. not very tricky you know and using the second approach yeah absolutely you can do that yeah. and you can do that and you can choose um, what kind of objects what kind of set of objects you want to deploy you can you can you know select them by you know uh, you can categorize them by putting in some specific folder in Azure Data Factory, mm. or you can uh, filter filter them out by by the name, for example. It's absolutely up to you. With my tool, with my, my PowerShell project, I uh, PowerShell module I created, uh, which allows you obviously to for for selective deployment. You can also put the rules, like include some object or mm. even exclude some object, mm. even exclude some object uh, from yeah. the deployment. So you have you have full uh, flexibility how to deploy your Azure Data Factory. Yeah, I think that's where I first came across the what you had done there. That's right. So it's azure.datafactory.tools uh, yeah. was a free module in the PowerShell gallery, and so you could put that there. But then. From, uh, over the top of that, you sort of built a marketplace item for Visual Studio for Azure DevOps marketplace. So there's this deploy Azure Data Factory by SQL Player, nice and free, and sitting in the marketplace. <laughs> if I put this by SQL Player, you know, to, to, to make distinguish between some, some other things. Yeah, there were a few might, other might have very similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Not as good, not <laughs> well, as good, Carl. <laughs> Yeah, so you know uh, the, the the idea was uh, like that for 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 from from the very beginning when I started, you know, uh, building that um, that power in the second approach, you know. So uh, I had it on top of my head, the, uh, on the back of my head, that you know it will be at the end when I finish some version, some release that will be pretty pretty ready. I will build uh, on top of that um, the extension to Azure DevOps because you know not everyone has the skills uh, of, of using uh, PowerShell PowerShell um, yeah. Uh, yeah language you know even if that is pretty simple but you know if you don't know that you know it's you, you are a bit scary to use that kind of things if you don't know mm. yeah how how to do the things yeah even even I, I think if, there's a lot of things that. I mean, you make it seem deceptively simple, but there's a, there's a lot of little bits of functionality in that tooling. So, uh, so like the first thing is dealing with dependencies and getting objects in the right order. Yeah, exactly. So that that was my my first pain, you know, because obviously when you want to deploy from the JSON files, you can build your your own uh, script, whatever it will be in .NET, whatever, because you're using the REST API, you can build your libraries in, the, in .NET as well, yeah? Mm. So, but it might be .NET, it might be PowerShell, but then you you have to do that in, in, in specific, in the right order, as you mentioned, yeah? So yeah. this is tricky. I found this, this is the, that was the most um, important uh, uh, feature of this, uh, of this PowerShell, because without that, uh, it's 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 useless, yeah. If mm. it's phased because you your naming convention of the of 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 the objects in Azure Data Factories is wrong or or just is different because yeah you decided to build it like that and maybe mm. maybe you have a team of the developer who is deciding how the how the object will be called. So actually you cannot base on the on the name, yeah. So you yeah. you you have to have to good uh, script uh, it it must be a robust uh, who who do the, the 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 whole the whole things for you and that's 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 how the automating things should works yeah mm. you should just 
click or run some uh, some some uh, function, some CMD lets or or, or or procedure, and uh, the other things, all the all the things should be done for you. Mm. So you know, covering. That's why we have the computers. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to worry about <laughs> as, a people, yeah. as an individual. <laughs> what is the dependencies, and if my uh, object has right name, or what is the order? No, come on. It's, it's yeah. we have the computer for that. Yeah. So mm. that's why that's why I I created that module because you know mm. previously when I was recording um, how to deploy Azure Data Factory, it was at the beginning of last year. Mm. I faced uh, some issue with uh, with with using other other extension uh, to Azure DevOps. Uh, it it, yeah. it simply failed because you know, hmm, because my objects has just incorrect. Oh, okay, say incorrect, but obviously it's not, it's not true. So yeah. just has different naming convention and should and mm. the the advice I heard that you okay change your name of of your object and it will deploy uh, correctly. Mm. I was what? It's crazy. No, yeah. it shouldn't <laughs> work like that. So in that moment, it was probably about March or April. I decided to build uh, something from scratch. Uh, I decided to build that that kind of uh, project. And also, I was learning a lot about uh, you know how to build PowerShell module. Yeah. I knew PowerShell a little bit, but not as much as I knew right now. Yeah. So, you know, building something for coding. Having, having to do a real thing bring, brings you back oh, to Oh, yeah, absolutely. I learned a lot of hey, things listen, I still remember. Yeah, with, with that publishing too, I suppose we should point out so that instead mm -hmm. of calling the resource manager API type stuff, what you uh, must be doing, I'm presuming, is calling the REST API directly. Um. No, I'm not calling the not rest calling API that. So how are you actually no. doing the deployment itself? So uh, there's a two methods that you can choose uh, how to deploy. And I'm, I'm using only the PowerShell. So obviously mm -hmm. the, the other module, the other module in PowerShell are doing the stuff. And 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 the other module uh, calling the REST API. So depends on what method uh, do you choose. Uh, it 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 will use different um, uh, different uh, PowerShell module. So oh, okay, so your, your code is, yeah, it's calling the PowerShell library stuff you had. That's yeah. calling the underlying PowerShell. But I'm sort of wondering, like, what's the API that allows you to actually be changing the JSON files? So yes, it depends on the what kind of method do you choose because mm -hmm. there's a two options. So one of the options was at the beginning is uh, mm, uh, the REST API, uh, probably around the, the namespace of uh, Azure Data Factory and directly yep. calling uh, that REST API. And the second um, the second method I uh, introduced, don't remember exactly when, uh, probably July uh, last year, is um, AZ resources. So I'm using AZ mm -hmm. resources and, you know, pointing specific specific path of uh, specific objects and just passing um, the body of the JSON file. And in uh -huh. that way, it's I don't exactly know which one the REST API is, is calling uh, mm -hmm. under the hood, but I guessing this is the AZ resource uh, and it's you know like a yeah. generic uh, approach how to deploy every single object in in the cloud, in Azure cloud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's to a little bit different um, different approaches, mm -hmm. uh, but I faced uh, there was one of the issue um, few several months ago that the AZ data factory was not updated correctly and uh, it was a bug. Mm, mm -hmm. So basically, you couldn't uh, you couldn't deploy if you had some specific object. 
Um, so I don't want to dig deeper uh, about the, the case and the scenario, what it was. Um, obviously, you can find all the all the issues, uh, not only related to, to my module, but all the issues that happens to the module um, and related to the Microsoft uh, things. You can find all those things in the in the in the GitHub uh, yeah. repository. Is the repository where the, the whole yeah. Uh, there's a GitHub repository op open and publicly open uh, and keeps all the issues, uh, all the history, all the code versions, etc. obviously, as, as, as the normal mm. Git um, repository. So you can find out uh, all the details in there. So yeah, but that's why right now the default... Um, well, and so the module, so apart from that publishing, you stop and start the triggers as required? Yeah, but also you can you can choose what you want to do. Yeah, by default. Mm -hmm. uh, so in in the PowerShell uh, in the PowerShell module, there's a one uh, the most important uh, command is publish ADF v two. Uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly the name, but yeah, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So and uh, as a one of the parameter, you can pass the publish option object. Mm -hmm. So that object you can create from class and and you can uh, specify what kind of option you you would expect and those option um affects on the behavior of the whole deployment uh, process mm. so one of the option you can choose is whether you want to stop and start trigger or not yeah yep. so you can decide but obviously if you decide to not do that you 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 might face the issue during the deployment when you tr when you try to deploy some triggers mm. but they are there and they are active they are enabled yeah yeah, but it's it's up to you, of course. Yeah, you you, you are getting this uh, this risk. Yeah, but there's uh, plenty other options. Like uh, we didn't mention also the other benefit using that approach is to um, deleting the object which not longer exists in the source code. Mm. Yeah, so using ARM templates, uh, it's not possible. Uh, if you want to delete some stuff in in the Azure Data Factory instance. You have to do that on your own. You have to use some scripts, yeah. maybe PowerShell, to and delete a selected object, which is an, another crazy thing. You know, you, you should. Yeah, you should, I remember that, yeah? the some of the previous tools that were there. There was actually one for deploying and one for deleting. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought yeah, so that was know, really really peculiar. Yeah. You 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 know very well the uh, secure server data tools SSDT right for secure mm. server how to how to manage projects uh, uh, for for secure databases and 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 you know the 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 way how this tool works is very similar to the SSDT because I think the the whole concept is 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 pretty right yeah so mm. uh, actually you should be able to drop uh, if you want of course uh, to drop uh, some objects in the target uh, instance if you don't need it anymore yeah yeah so that's that kind of other option is existing in this tool as well yeah. Mm. So you can do no, look. I, I've, I thought it was a. It's turned out to be a, an incredibly useful tool uh, in the sites where uh, I've I've been trying that already. And uh, yeah, no, it's Thanks, really yeah, good. Really good work. That's great. So listen, Campbell, it's getting us up towards time. So I suppose um, where will people see or hear from you in upcoming times? So I think the easier way how to find mm -hmm. layer.net when I'm writing uh, and, and all of our publishing um, uh, link, uh, links to the, to the video I started uh, last year also, uh, because you know sometimes it's easier to explain people some things or technology 
uh, via by, by by showing something, yeah, yes, step by step, absolutely. instead of uh, you know reading the blog, uh, which mm. sometimes can be very boring. Uh, so yeah, you can find me on the secureplay.net, and and from this site, from this blog, you can find all the other links, like to the podcast if you're interested. And by the way, <laughs> you still remember that um, you you've been a second second guest of the Secure Player podcast, <laughs> yes, uh, which indeed. called us Secure Family. Yeah, so mm. it was great, great. It was in. No, Good. Look, we, that in May uh, 2017. Yeah, my wife and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to visit. Actually, it was a very interesting period there because uh, lots of people, uh, Chris Webb was there, uh, Brent Oso was there, Earl yeah, and Summerstog. Many, many, uh, many so people, many people. So. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was just a wonderful event. Yeah, it was really good. And so, yeah, again, exactly. as I said, unfortunately, virtual, but it's, it's on again this year. So, uh, uh, so what month is that now happening? Um, as far as I seen, it will be, it's planned for May again. Yeah, so about middle. But of the year. it's yep. yeah, but it's not confirmed yet. So yeah, no, that's good. Uh, more more things all coming. That's great. So listen, thank yeah. you so very much for your time today, Camel. Oh yeah, for, thank you very much, Greg, for for having me in your in your podcast. That's, awesome. that's a pleasure. That's big. Thank you.